previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. And I, I just, it's fascinating with how they can summarize in a few verses the longest narrative right. in the right. New Testament. And just like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, went about went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Right. You know, for God was with them. <laughs> right. Like, okay. Yeah. You could, you could tweet that. And of course, we have the Holy Spirit active through Acts as an emphasis on the Spirit as empowerment uh, in a kind of an Old Testament prophetic mold, uh, more emphasized in, in Luke, and also spiritual conflict. So, mm-hmm. particularly when you get into um, Book of Acts and uh, encountering magicians and sorcerers and, and revivals in towns like Ephesus, where they're bringing out their. Their spell books and incantation books and Harry right. Potter Harry Potter books and throwing <laughs> them on the fire. You know, we're not going to wizard anymore. Not going to wizard anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And who knows what kind of music they're throwing in <laughs> that pile? Yeah. So revival, revival in the most right. truest sense of the word. Sure. A bonfire where you're burning stuff. <laughs> yes. Welcome to reading in church and other distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I am Robert Wallace. I'm Michael McKeever. And uh, we are in the second Sunday. Uh, okay, I didn't check. Is this the second Sunday after Easter or the second Sunday uh, of second Easter? Second Sunday of Easter. It's I of believe Easter. it's the preposition. Oh, boy. Pre- yeah. Preposition troubles. Always got Daffy Duck in trouble as well, as I recall. Um, and much to my dismay, I have discovered that all of our readings in Easter, um, the first Old Testament reading is Acts. Yes. So <laughs> right. that's... Uh, that's wait a minute. That's my dismay. Too. That's that's a well. No, that's exciting for you. You well, do acts. Yeah. You're, you're an acts guy. Yeah, Luke acts. Little, little snippets of a super long narrative is not always easy to expound upon. But 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 better than not having a narrative. <laughs> yeah. Just as you know, right. just as spitballing to, now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and not having actual yeah, text. Yeah. Well, but, I've heard uh, people do both of those in sermons. Yeah. Well, that's true too. That's so. that's a fair point. <laughs> Um, make sure and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and uh, send an email. Email your questions at uh, readinginchurch at gmail.com. Dot, dot somewhere on the internet. Dot yeah. Com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't have a Mastodon account yet, but I have. I am interested in that. It's a, What's that? It's an open source Twitter replacement that's kinder and gentler than other Twitters. The Twitter is. It actually has some... <laughs> Uh, filters filters in place yeah oh, moderation uh, yeah uh, well sort of not really i mean oh. it's open source but there are certain groups that are just forbidden from being in there hmm. um and uh, okay yeah anyway so i haven't i haven't, I haven't investigated that yet but it's always hard to be an early adopter when none of your friends adopt, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> look at me on this great platform. Hello, hello. This wasn't a political decision to get some Oh no, no. But it's fun. Off Twitter. But uh, I think those are all of our social our social media. <laughs> right. Currently. Currently. Mm-hmm. And Stitcher, don't forget. Right. Uh listen to us on Stitcher, listen to us on iTunes, leave a review in both of those places. And uh, of course Google Play, you can listen to us. And I think that's the only other place. I think we have three distribution points and those are those are they. Right. Yeah. I've got some videos on YouTube, and so do you. <laughs> That's true. And I've got a few mugs on Zazzle. In fact, I'm enjoying a beverage. He's currently drinking his beverage out of tastes the better through this. official oh. reading in church and other distraction ah. mug. Mm. Mm. So. That's good. <laughs> good. What is uh, that? That's good generic. It's soda water. Soda, grapefruit yeah. soda water. It just tastes more, tastes more soda-ish. find that grapefruity. impossible to believe that it is good. But okay. Because of the great outdoors. It's, yeah. All right. Well, I was trying to decide what order we want to do these in. Can we start? Can we at least start with the Old Testament and sure. move yeah. forward from there? Yeah. Okay. Just you know, do that. 
Um, so Psalm 16. Oh, that way I'd read that. Huh? That would be you reading that, that. So We're having all kinds of technical issues. Well, uh, begin with, I brought the text for year B. But I caught it this time. And then I don't have, I'm unable to print our undisclosed uh, university currently. So lots of shenanigans. We're about an hour late getting started. Here, so. <laughs> we'll make it. Okay. Psalm 16 then. It is. All right, here we go. I'm ready. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. And that's G-O-O-D. I didn't mispronounce that. no good. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your faithful one see the pit. You shall you show. you show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Well, I hadn't read this clearly, mm. obviously. Mm. This is a very good song. <laughs> I, I like Psalm 16. That's this a, is a very good song. Yeah. Uh, it it uh, is a miktam of David. That's the superscription that we are oh. uh, not privy to well, using the lectionary reading. That changes everything. Um, well, it, it's funny because these, these superscriptions, sometimes I like to have them in there because they provide some you know hermeneutical context. But this one is a miktam. And so Psalm 16 is a miktam. And I think... 56 through 60 are all called miktams, and nobody knows what that means. <laughs> See, then superscription might be overstating the case. I'm it thinking. is, uh, it it's, uh, seems to be related to the word for writing. So uh, actually literally seems to be connected hmm. to the word for ink. So this is an inking of David hmm. um, that he's put together. Um, but don't really know what that means. See, it's a problem, musical terms. I always tell students Inky. that. That I don't know. I can tell you two things about the musical terms in the Psalms. I don't know, and nobody else does yeah, either. Right. Uh, and you know, it's always in the same context, so you never know what it is. Is it a style choice? I mean, sometimes it seems to be a genre mm-hmm. like uh, shigion, um, which you get in earlier Psalms. But but this one just seems to be just a writing of mm. David, which is interesting. Um, there are some who suggest that there is some priestly uh, that, that does, might have a priestly origin. Um, and that comes in, um, the Lord is my, the verse five, the Lord is my chosen portion mm-hmm. and my cup, the boundary lines have fallen for me. Uh, that is language from settle from the settlement period uh, where, uh, the, the land was portioned out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Levites right. did not receive an inheritance of land because Yahweh was their portion. Right. That was the language for that. So the suggestion here is that, oh, well, maybe this is a priestly psalm, um, but I don't think it has to be. Personal. What a great attitude those guys have. Yeah. I know we didn't get any land, but, but, but at least we got God. Yeah. Great <laughs> That's attitude. Mr. Optimist. Um, <laughs> refuge is is an important theme here. That's actually, uh, I believe, Jerome Creech, who wrote a book that he believed the whole center of the psalm was refuge, of the psalms was refuge, that that was the message okay. of the whole book of psalms. So not surprising to find that here. Um, very important in the, particularly the beginning parts of the Psalm or the book of Psalms. Um, there is some issues of interpretation. We don't really know. I mean, I've, I've read a couple of different things on verse three and it goes a lot of ways. Um, 
As for the holy ones in the land, they are noble in whom is all my delight, is the way this translation goes. Some read that as um, divine beings. Uh, it's chesedim, the chodesim, the, um, I should say, that might be these semi, those, those uh, the rock creatures the, from the, Jonah, the, the lo- Noah. The Noah, the rock creatures from Noah. Yes, that's yeah. who it's referring okay. to. But, that's what I've always but the, thought but about. But the commentaries that I, I that. trust <laughs> tend to read it <laughs> as noble, good people, individuals that trust in God, as opposed to these others who choose other gods and practice these syncretistic <laughs> beliefs. Of... Agree to disagree, Darren Aronofsky, <laughs> director. It Bible, might not be rock creatures. Bible interpreter. Um, that the, the the good people in verse three are contrasted to the bad people in verse four who are um using um using syncretistic or or canaanite practices well, i guess they drink offerings of blood yeah that human sacrifice is not uncommon in a fertility religion because oh, what what greater offering could you offer a fertility god than an example of fertility a, a child okay. or a person yeah and and so yeah that However, and you'll personally, you'll, I'll have a sparkling uh, citrus. Yeah, as opposed to a drink offering soda. of blood. Um, you, you coming from a um, you know Anabaptist church tradition will love a, a reading I saw of this that um, basically interpreted this as a, a concern for uh, nonviolence. That pouring out drink mm, offerings okay. of blood as yeah. a statement right. against war. Yeah. Um, yeah. so not, mm-hmm. not saying, well, you know, we don't have human sacrifice here, so we're in good shape, but actually mm-hmm. yeah. his point was no, right. well, yeah, you kind of do. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. and, and the, that this was a Psalm advocating yeah. that. idolatry. It sneaks in there and oh, in, in unobvious ways. Idolatry comes in the back door of the church all the time. Yeah. So that's always a concern. Um, so that, yeah. So but if you do go to a church where they have drink offerings of blood that's I would a warning say sign i would say that that's what we call a red flag literally a red flag yeah that's a red flag so uh this this strong commitment i was going to say verse two um i say to the lord you are my lord is an emphatic construction that is more uh, declarative than you are my god this is okay. this to to take the time to say i will say to the lord that you are my lord Mm-hmm. Is is to make a a public confession that is okay. both emphatic in the way it's put together grammatically, but also emphatic in the sense that it's confessed to a third party. Interesting. Um, uh, Thomas so. says something like that in our in our gospel reading. Oh, Thomas says that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's important. What else? Um, my heart teaches me. We've talked about how the heart is the seat of reason and how it it mm-hmm. directs our actions and path. Um. You won't give me up to the grave. Sheol in this translation is just, it's just the grave is a, probably a better way to translate that. Um, and the pit? Uh, same thing. Same thing? Yeah, it's a poetic parallelism. Um, so it's barbecue. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, Sheol, it's always tough. I, I just, I don't know if you want to translate Sheol or, tra- I mean, I, I would prefer translating it as yeah. grave than yeah. transliterating it as mm-hmm. a place. I, yeah. I think that tends to... wonder. Yeah, it's very interesting, the conversations that go on in committees. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I used to... Uh, well, I did I did a little bit of work for um, um, Word uh, when it was... When it wasn't a going concern. <laughs> Back in the early days? <laughs> yeah. But then, but then I'd also go to... Um, 
I'd also go to SPL and NRSV, mm-hmm. which we're reading. Mm-hmm. After it came out, they used to hold a breakfast. You ever go to these? No. They're With the translators? Yeah. Well, yeah. Some, a lot of the translators and other people. And and so they'd give us a breakfast. This is how easily we can be bought. Food! Some pottage. Uh, basically, they would give us a breakfast, and then they say, so, you've been reading the tra- translation this year? And then these people all want to impress their colleagues. So NRSV gets a whole year. And they stand up and they, they quibble with some translations. My my take is that mm-hmm. they're getting a whole year's work of some of the top scholars in the world yeah. for bacon and eggs, you know. That's true. Yeah, Just to maybe have they them don't talk have, about how things go. Maybe they don't have bacon. But they, <laughs> they uh, yeah, because they all stand up and they want to show off. Wow. <laughs> it's like about second, second or third year going to that, I realized, oh, these guys are good. That's clever. They're smart. But, so, you know, I know that in the New Testament, Sheol is typically trans. We're going to see that today because this psalm is quoted in the Acts passage uh, as Hades. Okay. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, that's it ends up being, I think, problematic in the interpretation when you have that. Well, I, it was very hot in the first century. Well, yes. Thank Hell you. was very hot. But I, I think I would prefer for you to not give me up to the grave um, or let your faithful ones see the pit. Um, I, I don't know that the psalmist was thinking mm-hmm. of a an eternal soulless mm-hmm. destination as much as he was thinking of death. Yeah. Um, you know, don't let me kill. I, I take refuge in you and they won't kill me mm-hmm. is basically the mm-hmm. yeah. the point. It's so, not a treatise on the afterlife. It, it's not. It's not. A, well, it's, it's poetry for one. So, no. yeah. So uh, protection and refuge, God's counsel, teaching. Again, this is the life that leads to goodness and flourishing. Um, he's our inheritance. I mean, these are all just these wonderful pictures that you have of God here. Hmm. Um, yeah. That, uh, I've always liked that turn of phrase, the, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Mm-hmm. Boundary nice. lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Yeah, and because the, when you remember that when the land was portioned out, it was casted by lot. Um, oh, was it? I yeah, that. and that way that oh. the when the land was given, Yahweh is the one who's you can't complain because Yahweh right. is the one responsible for okay. giving you right. your tribal inheritance. Exactly. Right. And and so you don't want to leave it a chance. You just roll the dice. That's right. We don't leave it a chance. Let's different, let's different, cast some lots. Different worldview. Um, and so to say the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places is just you know the dice have really come my way. Yeah, you know, it really yes. is this mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Levi needs a new pair of sandals. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Yeah. Seven come 11. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, that, that is not just a clever turn of phrase. I mean, it's, he's actually yeah. right. The boundary lines have fallen for me. He's it's a, it is a turn of phrase, but it's referring to an idea of uh, fortune as well. Yeah. Great. So anything there that you want to, like I've just been riffing. I now, like the whole so. thing. Like okay. Well, thing. thank. Well, good. We'll keep it. <laughs> so. Evidently, the people who put this together did too, because they they quoted the whole song. They did quote the whole. This is one of those yeah. times, yeah, yeah. without the superscription. But right. yes, they quoted yeah. the whole, right. song, which is part yeah. of the Hebrew text. Yes. I might add, <laughs> which no one knows, what it which means. no one ever realizes. So great, super. It's a superscription. So what order we want to do this now? Because everything's all messed up. Because the first Old Testament readings from the book of Acts, and that just does, I really. Let's do. Do you want to do Acts? Because it has yeah, the psalm the, that we just did. Let's do the Old Testament part of the New Testament. <laughs> okay. Acts. Acts. That great Old Testament book. 
All right. Well, I'm this is... equally prepared this week, seeing as I was studying some texts from Year B. But the good news is the year some of the Year B texts were duplicated. Yeah. Um, so today it's Acts chapter two, verses fourteen a. Let's do this, but don't read anything after fourteen a until you get to uh, twenty two. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, then really it's really don't want to talk twenty two to thirty two. So let's uh, it's introducing Peter's speech, let you know Peter's giving the speech, and yeah. then we jump into okay. the speech. All right. Mm-hmm. So starting at the beginning of verse fourteen, but not finishing. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. And then we jump to verse 22. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. The rest of you go about your business. (laughs) Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man handed over to you according to the death. Boy, he's he's going, isn't he? Handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so I won't be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your holy ones experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You make me full of gladness with your presence. That should sound familiar. That was just the psalm we read. Uh, Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on the throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up. And of that, all of us are witnesses. Mm-hmm. So a resurrection text. Yes. That is uh, been going on for a little bit. And let's see, was Joel after this or before this? I forget. Before. Joel's before right. Joel's 21, yeah. That this would be the spirit way, has been poured out on all flesh. Way too early for them to be drinking. So uh, it's the spirit, what they're, what they're experiencing, the pouring out. And then... Um, do they talk about David being a prophet in the old? You know, I was when I saw that. I no. no. Mm-hmm. I, as far no, as too. I understand, he's never certainly, thought of in that this way. This is not the only place where they certainly interact with him as a prophet. Saul is explicit. Saul Saul is explicitly called mm-hmm. a a prophet, yeah. and he does some ecstatic prophesying. Yes. Um, but uh, David, I mean, this is probably thought of in the sense of of is Saul bringing God's word. Is that what they ask? <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. what they ask. Yeah. Um, David is, you know, any, anybody who brings God's word is, was considered right. prophetic. Mm-hmm. And so experience of the spirit in, in this case, having the, the Psalm, uh, so closely resonate with in, in this particular reading, the experience of Christ, mm-hmm. that probably is what gives him a prophet, the, the prophet standard. Yeah. When I, when I, when I, when that kind of steps out, when I jumps off the page at me, I'm thinking maybe I'm functioning with some different categories of what what the readers think about in terms of a prophet. Yeah. Anyone mm-hmm. who speaks by the spirit. That's a prophet. From, yeah. Yeah. That's a, anyone who speaks that's, by the spirit is a prophet right. because the prophet, you know, my thumbnail definition is the priest brings uh, the people to God. The prophet brings God to the people. Mm-hmm. That, that's all it takes to be a prophet. If you bring God to the people, you are a prophet. Okay. All right. Um, Moses did it best according to Jewish mm-hmm. tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus, we believe is the word mm-hmm. of God. And so a, an incarnate prophet, if you will. Right. Uh, and but David is one who brings God's word. If you believe that David spoke the word of God, then you then you're happy with prophetic call right. for David. So and pro- prophetic, whether mentioned or not, the prophetic kind of mantle or mold 
is one that Luke goes to often, of course. And oh, yeah. then Peter is speaking by the Spirit here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and talking about the Spirit. And people are wondering what in the world's going on. And so it begins with a, that text we script, skipped. is about the outpouring of the Spirit and a broader experience of the Spirit. Um, but we're in uh, resurrection territory here. So it's yeah. fo- focusing on the, uh, the many um, scriptural proofs or... Uh, we we wouldn't might not call these proofs, but uh, they would have probably closer to what we would think of as a proof. These many many ways that uh, interact with the text, and 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 certainly Jesus did this in his Jerusalem ministry. Do, do we think of these as proofs, or would you rather yeah, what, what characterize you them? As, them? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> we were talking about them as memes, but um, <laughs> yeah. that was a while back. But as a uh, uh, support mm-hmm. would be a better word than proof. Any illustration? Yeah, support. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, when I, when I want, I was just thinking when I would preach and want to illustrate something and, yeah. and there was a particularly helpful parable from my own life, like mm-hmm. something the boys had done that week. Mm-hmm. And I would, right. from the sermon, go into that and tell that story. Now I wouldn't think of that story as proving the love of God, but, but providing an illustration that supported my sermon. Yeah. Would you think of the old Testament scriptures being yeah. used kind of like yeah, that? I think they're used that way Okay, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not sometimes they're they are very much evoking the broader context okay and other times not so much yeah right yeah, they, yeah there's no regard yeah. necessarily yeah. no explicit necessary yeah. regard yeah. for context so yeah just often a, a, a very fitting illustration and uh, and there's kind of um passing through them thematically taking this theme here and that theme there and it's very very common in a rabbinic sort of argumentation, just grabbing a word from yeah. uh, a passage from one part of the canon and, and, and joining it with another. And it's, uh, it's impressive and it's, uh, uh, it is rhetorically convincing yeah. in that way. Yeah. For that, for that context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. the other yeah. thing. It's I mean, like, yeah, the way, the this way guy's in, good, this guy's good with scripture, the way in which they would use scripture wouldn't speak to a 21st century context, but neither would the way in which we use scripture speak to an ancient context. I mean, it wouldn't impress right. them yeah. either. So, yeah. and if we knew scripture better, it might, well, that's true. It, it might. That's true. Yeah. And if people were doing this sort of thing. Now I know that you talk about acts being sort of setting up this this moving out away from the temple mm-hmm. right so is that happening in this passage or um that definitely the beginning of this speech which oh, okay. we, skipped. we skipped this is okay. more um pointing to the reality of the resurrection okay. as a as in continuity with what god has been doing so there's, there's things there's this, both this tension with jewish institutions and then there's this harmony it's okay. almost so much as that they sow the seeds of their own transcendence. Um, they sow this. Uh, that's a quite a turn of phrase. Yeah. So in a sense, a lot of what <laughs> a lot of what happens in the God, in the temple in Luke points to moving beyond the temple. Okay. Okay. And the okay. temple is a place for for revelation. So you have revelations that point beyond this locus place of revelation. Of revelation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so and then in the temple, the people are keeping the law. It's the people who are scrupulous in keeping the law, the pious, who are looking for God's Messiah and also are are ready to respond to this new chapter that God is mm-hmm. bringing about. So there's a lot of uh, evoking Jewish piety and, and scripture and precedent for the new thing. Well, because so at the end of Luke, they're in the temple, right? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. after yeah. the ascension, mm-hmm. does he ascend in Luke? Yes, he ascends, he ascends in Luke of, and then at the beginning of Acts, because like Acts. any sequel, you like to catch Acts people up. up. Yes, right. previously on Luke Acts. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. That. Gotcha. 
so yeah, it is. Um, it is. It, it may be another occasion where that they come to understand that all, as Luke says several times, all the scriptures point to him. Yeah. All the scriptures point to the fact that the Messiah will suffer and uh, die and be raised on the third day and and uh, exalted. So. Um, that was you, wasn't it? Yes, the password is exalted. <laughs> exalted is this week's yeah, password. Exalt. You know what? If this was originally irritating me that I left <laughs> stuff on, but now I think yeah. this is going to be fun. We, we'll just text a bunch of people before Let's we see, turn see on who, the mics. who texts and, yeah. and what the word is. Mm-hmm. Exalted is our work this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so John. appropriate. Second second Sunday of Easter, I was still unpacking the resurrection. Okay. And uh, um, yeah. And only to Israelites at this point. That's, I yeah, think, important in Acts starting, 2. And then that's what they say, beginning in Jerusalem, uh, beginning with the house of Israel, but then clearly already uh, casting that far beyond that with the, uh, with the, with the text from, from Joel. Although, as we talked about a week or two ago, not sure Peter gets that. Peter doesn't hear that yet. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Like Peter might think this is, this is it. This is yeah, the culmination. Is Finally, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. These are the people that need to hear. Mm-hmm. And then, Israelites, right. then not long from now, right? we go right that, to the right. Samaritans. These are Israelites. Listen, Listen to what I say. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I added the parenthetical. Right. If you're not, you can keep well, on moving. That, that but, may have been his mindset, really. Because right after this, Samaritans, can Samaritans uh-huh. receive the spirit? We better no. go check. And mm-hmm. then after that, you know, the eunuch. A and eunuch? What? And then, then you get to the culmination of... Gentiles? There it is. Get yeah, that's that's where we're heading. So. So, yeah, I always kid people when they tell me they want, they want to be an Acts two church. I was like, really? You all want to be the same ethnicity and the yeah. same same gender? I mean, yeah. really? That's where we're going? I'd rather be a Revelation seven church with mm-hmm. every tribe and every nation. You know, that's yeah. just yeah. But definitely, I'm a snarky person, so that's why I do that kind of thing. It's just it's my spiritual gift. I just give it to Jesus. Yeah, I just you know. Just give that to Jesus. <laughs> you're, you're you give you're giving it to other people to Jesus. <laughs> That's oh. not an uncommon gift amongst teachers, <laughs> as you true. know. Well, it's it's a requirement if you're going to survive. Yeah, yeah, right. Is there anything here that we need to? I, I mean, we've got acts. We've got quite a bit of acts the next few weeks, so yes. I don't want you to empty the clip no, today. We've got so. this, this selection, I mean, in terms of the 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 lectionary, is just uh, piling up the re- reference to resurrection. Okay, so a, a helpful. Um, Re-emphasis as we as we work through our way through the Easter season. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, let's move forward then. Okay. First Peter one. Sure. All right. <laughs> First Peter chapter one verses three through nine. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus oh, Christ from the dead. Yeah. And into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Who are being protected by the power of God. Keep track of the metaphors at home. Through <laughs> pile them up here. Through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Uh, In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy, for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So all that upbeat good news is because they're probably suffering. Because life is hard. Really, really <laughs> hard right now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So this is like the this is like a, an attitude of the Levite. All right, I didn't get any land. Excellent. Good. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad you're my portion, God. Yeah. Who needs land? Yeah, land. All those taxes. Who needs land? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is. Uh, so it's in the context of persecution of mm-hmm, some sort. Yeah. Okay. Getting ready for this is not unlike uh, James and and Peter. Um, I, I in teaching the survey of the New Testament. Uh, sometimes things get crowded out and you try to teach everything. And uh, lately I've had to choose between First Peter and James. And they have some very similar themes in that it's like, oh, my goodness, this persecution, this is this must mean we're so special. You didn't get any land? Wow, God has really chosen God's, you. Yeah. Man, lucky. You know, I had a, I had a friend that I always teased that, that she could be encouraging about everything. Yeah. Uh, this, that, and, and I'll – I, I teased her about it because it didn't matter what our circumstance in life was. Right. You left feeling like, wow, I'm okay. I mean, Ooh. I, I, to, I teased her one day. I said, wow. I swear, I feel like Julie, I could yeah. come to you and say <laughs> that I was, you know, I'm going to be homeless this week. And she would say, oh, wow, you're going to be homeless. Jesus was homeless. Wow. I wish I had your courage. You know, <laughs> I wish exactly. I wish I could be like Jesus, like you were. That's amazing. And you're like, wow, yeah. I'm going to be homeless. Wow. Right. She's just so good. <laughs> at awesome. It. But yeah, so that's what's happening here, right? You, yes, you know, that wow, is exactly you guys, what's happening here. Your faith is imperishable and undefiled and unfading because yeah. look how much your life is terrible. Right, and protected by the power of God and more precious than gold. And, and uh, you know what they do to gold? They, they put it through fire first. So, yeah, yeah, you can't do oh, that with a, a good point. wood, hay, and stubble. Yeah, you lucky ducks. <laughs> <laughs> I think lucky ducks is later. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a message. But <laughs> in, uh, yeah. In the epistle. Yeah, so new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So probably why we're reading this here this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think if they have more First Peter. I don't think they do because well, I know they don't in for, in year B. Yeah. Okay. So this First Peter text is striking me a, strangely afresh since. Uh, <laughs> well, I, was I have a couple of questions about that. Then uh-huh. one that, that that I think you can't handle. First of all. Um, we have two times which Jesus Christ is revealed in this ch- in this okay. text. Yes, um, is that uh, apocalypsis the word? I mean, this notion of rev- I mean that Ooh, I is that text. revelation? I guess is one word. So while you're checking on that, okay. what, what what are the verses? Uh, verse seven, Jesus, the last verse, Jesus Christ is revealed, and in verse five, your salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So five ah, and seven. I bet it that. is. See salvation being revealed. I wasn't sure when I that first one might be a little bit and strange. Then, yeah, uh, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And I only thought that because praise and glory and honor that's 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 revelation language. Mm-hmm. John, or, you know, in Revelation has a lot of glory and honor and power and ma- that that string yes, of that string of things immediately yeah. made me think of it. And then when I saw yeah. the word revealed and realized right. that that was. Revelation. It is. It is, and that and that that word uh, apocalypse has a you know a broader sense of uh, unveiling, but clearly here. I mean, this is one of the reasons. Like, well, I'm going to teach either this. I go back and forth teaching First Peter or James as one of the general epistles. Um, they're mixing together suffering now as preparatory for that revelation of uh, of salvation that's coming. So they're looking forward to a, a revelation that's. That's the coming. the consummation of their revelation okay. of the of their salvation. So I think we might have 
talked about this in another podcast. So that's why James, this is like James saying, count it all joys when you go through trial. Okay. Oh, count it all joy. Oh, okay. I should be happy when I'm yeah, suffering. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Why? Well, because you're the chosen. You're the you're okay. God's special end time people. And um, of course, he was talking. It's interesting. He, as he, James talks to probably Jewish people in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. he talks about them as though they're living in the, in the uh, diaspora. In the diaspora. In in First Peter, he's largely talking to Gentiles and talking to them as, as though they are Jewish, fully adopted Jews, and not in their homeland. <laughs> Wow. So they've they've really kind of taken to another level. Like uh you're you're living where you live, but you're Jewish, so you're living in the diaspora also. So you're sojourning. Wow. So being resident aliens is this uh so continuing now Everyone thread. needs to think of themselves as resident aliens. Yeah, basically. Is the point. Yes. We're all immigrants. We're it, all strangers it seems in like a strange in, land in, here. Almost every book of the New Testament, one way or another, you are this uh this this wandering, rootless mm-hmm. Uh, not at home, mm-hmm. uh, in an alien world. And you know what happens to aliens in foreign countries? Yeah. They get exploited, they get right. persecuted, they're taken advantage of. Well, I, several weeks ago, uh, you know, if Jesus, well, we just read in first in Psalm 16, right? God, you're my refuge. Well, if that's the case, then I'm God's refugee. Yes. I mean, yeah, that that's, much, that's yeah, how that works. Yeah, by implication, yes. <laughs> refugee. I never really put those two together. That's that the way, way that works. Yeah. So... Yes, refugees. Well, then I have one more question, and this goes really well into that Mm -hmm. that conversation. As 21st century, and in our case, white American Christians, Mm -hmm. can we hear these texts well? Uh, Probably we don't. If if we're thinking about people listening to this podcast in preparation Mm -hmm. for preaching, and I mean, I have friends I know who hear these texts well. Yes. Um, I mean, I have people of color right. who are hearing these texts very well and understand what it's like to be mm-hmm. persecuted and nod knowingly as they read this. Yep. And, yeah. Um, yeah. but as, as a white 21st century American Christian who doesn't know where his next meal is coming from, but I know it's coming. Uh-huh. Um, w- can we hear these texts? You know, it's, it's funny. It's funny that we phrase it that way. I, I know exactly what you mean. And yet, and yet every day there are hundreds, we're, we're exposed to hundreds of people with this. There's their story and they're coming to our right. doorsteps and, and, uh, you know, we have this um, film festival this week at school, and uh, uh, there have never been so many short films. It's a short film festival. Short films about refugees. Mm. I mean, it is it is uh, saturating uh, our culture right now, and mm-hmm. and uh, we can remain impervious to it. Um, but encountering other people's stories, I mean, that's the great thing. You know, I, I do things with film because it's a it's a way for people to get out of their world and and see the world through the eyes of someone else and decenter their story. And that's something that we do as a culture well is is the visual. We do. Yeah, yeah we, we do. do that well. We're good we're good at telling stories and and allowing that and and I think that that can be a uh a, a godly discipline to in, engage in those stories of others mindfully. So do so what I hear you saying is that if we want to hear these texts well, we're going to need to listen to the people who hear these texts well. Yes. And let them teach us. We listen to those stories. We're, we're, the stories are there. The stories are, are – have they've been you know, literally washing up on our shores for decades, and, and now, the, now people are telling these stories, mm. making it easy for us to go uh, take these stories in with a big uh, – 
big bucket of popcorn with extra butter <laughs> and maybe God can get our attention. And a barrel yeah. of Coke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, if we don't like uh, head out for a refill, it's a key scene. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, boy, there's I mean, I knew you were prepared for that question, no, but I just felt like uh, when I was going through this. We have ample resources for us to enter into the story. Yeah. Uh, on the one hand, we're, we're not, our normal routines of life perhaps don't, don't lead us to empathize, but we are being exposed to this in so many different ways. You know, I love when we go to our meetings, I love to go to the sections that, that push my presuppositions. Mm-hmm. I love to go to the African biblical hermeneutic yes. section and mm-hmm. the Asian biblical hermeneutic section and the Latino biblical hermeneutic section, because I don't realize what my presuppositions are until I'm with someone yeah. who doesn't share them. Right. And then it kind of helps me see, Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and one of the things in particularly when I go to the African section, I am struck by how much closer they are to the worldviews of the Old Testament in thinking of issues of monarchy and tribal violence and blood feuds and revenge. Yes. Oh, yeah. And and things that I don't yeah. even. I mean, just the, just a concept of monarchy. I don't tribal have culture. And that, but that yeah. tribal culture that they they can read that text and they don't have to go as far mm-hmm. to understand the original occasion as I do. Right. And, and so I, I try to listen to them a little better because I know that they're probably hearing things that I can't hear uh, when yeah. I'm in those sessions. Both the upside and the downside. I mean, yeah. Yeah. usually when I'm exposed to the downside, but, but the upside of that culture too, mm-hmm. belonging, you know, mm-hmm. to your identity is found in that connection. Mm-hmm. With your, uh, and then hearing, hearing right. something like Abraham leave the leave your homeland and your country yeah. and realizing that that's the mm-hmm. culture in which he's mm-hmm. saying that you realize truly what Abraham's being asked to give up at 75 years old when his yeah. life is established. Yeah. So, so that's always very helpful. So what, you know, what I was hearing you saying was that we need to do, I need to do that same thing with texts like this, where I am not an individual who is being persecuted because I can live pretty well, but yeah, but I need to listen to those brothers and sisters of mine who are, so I can maybe hear these texts a little bit better. Yeah, we need to listen um, to the stories of others, and and yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. No, I appreciate you that is taking that curveball that I'm throwing. No, it's so. It I mean, this was this was the essence of of the message of the director of the film series, oh. just to bring our, bring our attention to this last night and realize, yeah, we should take advantage of this. We yeah. need to enter into these stories. And they were powerful. And or is it going to be more the rest of the week? It's oh, that's uh, great because more of our films are international this year than in any of the past. Oh, that's exciting. Past uh, past years. So the majority, and uh, this is what we're getting from all these different cultures, from all these different angles. Yeah, that's exciting. Ample resources for us to to decenter our story and enter into the stories of others. Absolutely. Let's look at John 20. Alrighty. We'll come right back into your wheelhouse here. Just a and portion. Finally, of finally finish up what you were wanting to oh, talk yeah. about so badly right. last week. So John 20, 19. I wonder if there's a time in the church year when I get three Old Testament texts. Do you think that ever happens? I'm uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I'm sure. sure. I'm sure the I'm liturgy sure wouldn't wouldn't discriminate against us out. Old Testament people. Yes. We're two thirds of the Bible, you know. Let's try to have a Levite attitude at this point. Okay. All right. I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. John 20, 19. Just glad to be invited at all. At least we use an Old Testament quote in the Acts passage. John 20, 19 to 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And they said, Neat trick. 
No. Yeah. Shazam. Um, <laughs> it's almost as good as that water and wine thing. Uh, verse 20. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me. So I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of nail, the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails in his, my, whoa, one more time, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And they said, we've seen that one. Do another trick. No. Uh, verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Uh, put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believed. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written. So you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. All right. Nice nice segue, John. That was well done. From yeah. the believing to and seeing and believing and not seeing. Again, coming back to that notion of those who come later, right? Yeah, because uh, probably second and third generation believers are, with the passing of the first generation are saying, well, those people, first generation were blessed. And essentially yeah. he's flipped that here, saying, yeah. more, you know, blessed are those who haven't seen and believed. Yeah. Um, I will take a moment to say that a very important, ver- important, important. important. I think yeah, we our, can talk like that the rest for, of the time. <laughs> for I new, we could talk like for, that. Or for our New Jersey <laughs> listeners, a thirty people points. Um, but uh, verse 31 is a very important verse for me, particularly when I'm talking about uh, canon uh, mm-hmm. and and helping students kind of come to grips with the fact that we have these books, but we don't have other books. But there mm-hmm. were probably other books, but those books yeah. didn't make it, but these right. books did. So why not? Could right. we have more books? Are there other books? And and I always say that, of course, of course you can mm-hmm. have more. Yeah, God could have sure. done a whole lot more. That's what but he says in the next chapter. This is exactly. All of, a little bit exaggerated. But this is enough. Yeah, that's the this right. is written that you might believe this is this is enough to get up the point across that God was mm-hmm. trying to get across. So yeah. these these that, this is the canon. That's yeah. that's what this. Is. Yeah. So that's basic. I use that verse to talk about that. That you know, this is enough. These are written so you can come to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we could say other stuff, but this yeah. is enough. Right. So right. that then, wasn't going to be part of your point. So I wanted to jump. The second on that. ending, he says kind of the same thing. And if, yeah. you know, if everything was written down, it could fill all the libraries in the world. Right. Yeah. So how many libraries were there in the world? Let's do some, let's dig deep. Let's, let's take a moment there. And... Let's, let's get off the track real deep there. Yeah. <laughs> so so get... someone named Thomas. Is they, I'm thinking, yeah, the Thomas. these guys named Thomas, they always have a way of putting things. <laughs> they, they say that they... to my colleague who has a son named Thomas here. That's that's my son. I don't think he's a doubter, though. He's a... Right, he's, he's... He could be fairly cynical. <laughs> um yeah, he, he. I don't know why Thomas gets such a hard time because he yeah. has exactly the same experience as the rest of the disciples. Yeah, just it, wasn't it, there. He just wasn't. Yeah. But they should. I mean, Jesus showed the other ones his hands and side, and then yeah. the disciples yeah. rejoiced. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah. when we get down there, he just asks for the same experience they had. I don't think he gets such a hard time in the text, but no. we, we run with it. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Right. Culturally, people yes. give him a hard time. Yes. I think the text doesn't give right. him a hard time, but right. Doubting Thomas is all yeah. you ever hear. And I'm like, well, he's <laughs> right. no different than well, last week. Ex- well, this exactly is how people act when you miss church. <laughs> they give you a hard time. <laughs> that's a good point. All right. <laughs> they give you a hard time about things they they learned a week ago. <laughs> 
Although, did they? That is so last week. I was like, yeah. Yeah, he came. He, he gave us peace. Well, why is the door locked? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. We're still... We're still working that. Okay. That's a really good point that I never considered. <laughs> I didn't either. I noticed that this week. I go, he gave him, he said, peace be with you twice, and the door is locked the, the door next is week. still locked the next <laughs> yeah. week. Some traditions are slow to change. We've always locked the door when we go to church. Oh. I think if it's a locked door, it's a cult, technically. That is the locks on the outside. really good point. I had <laughs> That'll preach. It. That is... <laughs> that will preach. I know. There's a sermon there. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, wow. Peace be with you. I think, does it say locked in your version? I'm uh, not sure if I'm reading it. Uh, but, a week later, disciples are getting the house, although the doors were shut. Okay, it's it's literally locked. Oh, that's <laughs> I funny. happen to be reading it in a different translation. <laughs> that's great. And Jesus came and stood in their midst, probably kind of a little, added, a little gave him a look. Uh, <clears throat> peace be with you. Doors Again. still locked. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Maybe tried the door before. <laughs> oh, man. I've never seen that before. That's a great That's point. kind of says something, doesn't it? <laughs> well, there's peace and there's peace. Yeah, there's peace, but, you know, you still want to be stupid. You, lock you, you the don't door. know the neighborhood they were having this, <laughs> yeah, you this, don't know this you know, gathering in. Yeah. So we've got the Pentecost here that you were talking about, the John, the right. Johannine Pentecost. Mm -hmm. You know, I ran ahead and talked about some of this stuff. Hummus. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked last week about, um, I'd always seen this as Jesus still at the door, you know, checking the, unlocking the door and throwing the spirit over his shoulder as he's leaving. <sighs> but probably a very intimate conferral um, as it is even... A conversation in the Middle East, they said, you're not really talking unless you are exchanging breath. So mm -hmm. um, breathing on them is probably very intimate, in-your-face sort mm -hmm. of experience, also uh, reminiscent of Genesis as the favorite lens through which mm. John life. likes to tell the story, yeah. you know, breathing breathing new life into this community. That's, and he does it life. twice. You know, He says mm -hmm. it, peace be with you. And the second one might be part of the commission of uh, sending. Okay, mm -hmm. he's He's... He's granted them peace. Um, you may say it's revelatory, but this might be more uh, in the context of the second half of, of the sending out, which uh, didn't seem like they're going anywhere. They're still in the they're locker still room. They're still in the locker room. <laughs> they ain't going real far. Well, I need to, we might be, need to savor that a bit more. I need to reflect on that a little bit more. Yeah. So Now, Thomas has shown faith before. Right, Thomas was willing to go die with right. the Lazarus story. Yes, yes. And yeah. I don't know if he's going to die with him. Yeah, well, if he's going to go, we'll <laughs> you, go die with him. You read it. Very, I did. I read, read it kind very of perky. Chipper. I was like, well, that's a different take on it. <laughs> yeah. Thomas was eager to go. So he's he's is he a a I don't know representative for the rest of the disciples here or I, that first generation? I, I or? don't. I think he's a nice. He's a nice foil for the segue to, uh, to the last the people two who verses are coming that, later. that turn out, you know, toward yeah. the reader and subsequent generations. So um, it is, like you say, it's it's not different than what the original uh, disciples said last Sunday, you right? Know? And, um, and and therefore, it's probably um, he's he's reflecting something about the privilege of the first generation, mm. but but Jesus is saying that's not necessarily a privilege. Like he is, this is kind of the this is kind of the uh, the pair in the structure, the pair with Mary, where we said there could be a double entendre. Mm -hmm. uh, don't continue to cling to me, right? Uh, you know, don't cling to me. Am I not ascended? Go to Father, my brothers. Or don't continue to, to cling community. to me. Have I not ascended? Rather go to the community, and mm -hmm. that's where you find me. And that's indeed where 
we see Jesus uh, appear next. Mm -hmm. And so the tangible reality of Jesus um, clinging to him or I need to touch him is actually not Mm -hmm. um, pointed to as as a benefit. Um, Mm. uh, There's actually something superior through the conferral of the Spirit and that we all have this experience mm. and it is a, an, an abiding indwelling. So, and it, it's a, it's a flipping of that. It's mm-hmm. a flipping of yeah. who's, who's the special one. Mm-hmm. Boy, those disciples were the special yeah. ones. Well, actually, if you can believe without seeing yeah. you're ahead of them, right? Cause they, yeah, that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, now, yeah. now that you've mentioned it, I'm seeing it everywhere as I'm looking at, right. you know, what what is this saying to that? And how could I have never heard that before? I mean, I'm an Old Testament guy, and original occasion is important to me. Well, what did this say to the original audience? Apparently, doesn't enter into my mind because I'm still I was still reading it on that surface level of what it was trying to say about Jesus. But that there's this deeper meaning that is speaking to the concerns of that first community is yeah, yeah. that's that's mind blowing. Well, it, yeah, and and that that first community is really into the next generation. Yeah. So it's a it is a different perspective. And you get to John, and you've got three other examples of Gospels, and this one's very different. It's, mm-hmm. It encourages you to read it very differently, uh, very much differently. And so, yeah, it, uh, I was just looking at it again, and Jesus, they didn't ask to see his hands inside. Mm-mm. Jesus just shows up and says, here Here's are my, yeah, here they here are. Are my hands inside. It's mm-hmm. me, you know. Yeah. It stood among them. And, and in both of these occasions, uh, he doesn't leave. Okay. No narration oh, of him leaving. Yeah. Okay. Might be because the door's locked, but well, they can't get out. There might be a lot more something even even more theological. Oh, oh there going might be on a deeper there. meaning. Yeah. Interesting. He's jiggling the door. <laughs> Guys, hey, anybody hey, got a key? Help me out. <laughs> a little help. <laughs> oh, getting in the room's easy. It's getting out of the room. That's yeah. true. There is no narration of his exit. No. From no, this group because he's still there. Oh, no. that's good. Yeah, yeah. I also think, you know, I, I was just joking with a. Uh, friend about how of all of the miracles that frustrate me as an Old Testament person or as just as a biblical person, uh, Pentecost is the one that I struggle with because, you know, I'm wanting to say, but see in the Hebrew, it says, and it gives this shade and it does this. And yet Pentecost comes along and says, you don't have to learn the Hebrew the gospel oh. speaks your language, yeah. and when oh, it, okay. and yeah. when it does, yeah. it's still the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not we we don't yeah. have you know our English Bibles say right. the Bible. They mm-hmm. don't say the Bible in translation. Mm-hmm. They say the Bible, yeah. and and that's Pentecost. That yeah. that's that's because that's right. important. The the gospel can be translated, and and it, it goes back to the way God always is meeting people where they are. Right? I want to walk with you in the garden. I mm-hmm. want to go camping with you in the tabernacle. Yeah. I want to become flesh and dwell among you. I want, and, and God's desire to meet people right where they are yeah. in every circumstance. And so what happens? He comes in here and he doesn't condemn them for not having faith. And he doesn't condemn Thomas for not having faith, but meets Thomas right where Thomas is yeah. and gives Thomas what mm-hmm. Thomas, you know. Yeah, put your finger here. To See move him forward. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. without condemnation. And yeah. that's just, uh, that's neat and and disturbing too. Yeah. In some ways, um, yeah. Well, that, and I think we're both on the on the same page on this. I'll just own it myself. That's what I love about teaching is yeah. is to say, where the message remained the same, it has to look different in a different culture. Yeah, and to wrestle with that, and then to turn loose, turn that loose for our students to wrestle with that. Right, and what they come up with sometimes, sometimes not good, sometimes great, yeah. sometimes amazing. 
So within the span of the New Testament, you have this this very different gospel. That's mm-hmm. you know, it's a few decades after uh, Matthew and Luke, but it is it is taking some very almost died in the wool sort of traditions mm-hmm. and changing the language. Mm-hmm. Um, kingdom of God becomes life, and the metaphor, dominant metaphors are different, and it it definitely speaks to that generation. So. Within the span of even the New Testament canon, you have that model that the message has mm-hmm. to be recontextualized in a dynamic way to meet people where they're at. Yeah, I, I always try to help. I mean, I was someone asked me what the difference between contextualizing it and and syncretizing it is. Um, and I yeah. always, I always say, yeah. well, you know, Pentecost is how you do it well. And the golden calf is how you do it bad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the difference. Yes. When you, when you, uh, yes. when, the, when the message uh, is able to speak through and to the culture to transform it. That's a good thing. When the message is co-opted by culture and it becomes to think, be thought of as the same thing, that's the problem. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. When, that's when yes. it's a, an issue. And yes. that's what happened in Golden Calf, right? We God talks the same way all these other fertility gods talks. No, no, that's not what's happening there. Mm-hmm. No. As opposed to Pentecost, which is, you know, it's not one group or one language that has, I will meet you where you are yeah. and take you where you need to be, which is what God has always said. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that comes through in this meeting with Thomas. And I just think that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is one of those many places we've uh, been reading through John in, um, in le- lately in the lectionary that mm-hmm. there, it emphasizes that there's really no second generation of believers. Mm. There's only first generation believers who have this new birth and new encounter with the divine through the spirit. Mm. And, um, this is a good, great thing to bequeath all subsequent generations, um, ending here. Although we did, although there is this uh, interesting chapter that that uh, follows mm-hmm. that, that has a timeless quality to it. You know, the things that we find at the beginning of the other gospels show up at, at, the, at, the, at this epilogue. Yeah, you know, yeah. calling people on the shores of Galilee. Wait a minute, <laughs> what? But it's the end. So he's a, you know, what does that mean? Mm. Here, it's, it's, it's creative chronology quality to how Jesus continues to how we continue to experience mm. Jesus, and and probably maybe that chapter is even more accessible. It's like there's something timeless about this encounter with Jesus, and, mm. and that's a, that's woven throughout. But that you that might be an easy easy place to enter into that. I'm not sure if that's going to show up in our lectionary or not. But yeah, that's a great text and great to read these together too. To, mm-hmm. All of John 20, as we said last week, really does hold together with uh, this theme of the physical absence of Jesus uh, from the disciples. And then that's turned out to, oh, that's okay for subsequent generations. Jesus being physically absent is not a problem. In fact, you're more more blessed. And then then the the reality that Jesus is with us. So there's, there's, there's this tension between absence and presence being played with all the way through. So the themes at the beginning show up again at the end. Mary and Thomas are kind of wrestling with the same themes. At the center is how Jesus is with the gathered community. Mm-hmm. That's the place we're sent to discover Jesus. Wow. Man, that sounds like an ending. That, that's a really good ending, yeah. <laughs> we should probably stop there, yeah. so we'll yeah. do that. Um, so thanks for listening this week. Make sure and um, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and leave a review on iTunes or leave a review on Stitcher or send an email to... Reading in church at Gmail. We didn't have a mailbag this week. Uh, no, I haven't got anything. Okay. So 
No more questions. Fair enough. Yes, we, we've answered. <laughs> we've all answered the all the questions. That's good news. Oh, so. I should check the junk, <laughs> the junk drawer. <laughs> That's probably where folks are putting the podcast these days. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. All right. Well, yeah. thanks again for listening. Have a great week and and uh, take care. Blessings. Take care. Blessings. Blessings.